Mac Power Users, episode 312, The Notes Shootout. Welcome back to another episode of the Mac Power Users podcast. I'm Katie Floyd alongside David Sparks. Sounds like we're in the wild, wild west here with all these shootouts we keep having. Yeah, I know. Pew, pew. Like that? <laughs> yes. You can use that for your ringtone. I could. Pew. We had shootouts and smackdowns and... Yeah, I know. This is some violent computing on the Mac Power a, users lately. Such a violent podcast, yes. Yeah. So, And, and this time uh, we're talking about notes because as if we haven't talked about... Um, the subject of notes and plain text versus rich text and all of that. This this is a field that keeps evolving. Uh, Apple it Notes does. has changed dramatically. Evernote is going through some changes. There are a lot of different apps out there. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what we do. But first, we got a lot, a couple of announcements. You and I had an opportunity to meet up last week in Chicago for the ABA Tech Show. Yes, that was fun. Good it, seeing you again, Katie Floyd. It, it was great to see you as well. And we had an opportunity to hang out with a couple of Mac Power users listeners, more than a couple. Uh, I would say about 20 or so um, showed yeah. up for our unofficial, not really a meetup meetup thing. Yeah, so we apologize to the listeners. We, we initially planned to do like an official meetup, but it happened to be a combination of St. Patrick's Day, which I apparently is a big deal in Chicago. And, yes, clearly it's a big uh, deal. And March Madness. And so there's all this stuff going on. We could not get a place we could like rent to, to bring in the full team. So instead we just kind of tweeted out towards the end there that we uh, happened to be at a certain bar at a certain hour and a bunch of uh, friends showed up. It was great meeting you all, by the way. And and, I, and several people drove like yeah. a couple hours to come see us. So thank you it's, very much for doing nice. that. You know, I, I just keep getting reminded how much smarter the listeners are than I am every time I meet them. And that's my big, you know, I'm a fraud. So I got to like, make sure i keep that secret oh wait a second did i just say that out loud never mind yeah um and then uh the other different thing that we're doing it we didn't do it last show because it was pre-recorded but uh we've kind of changed up the way that we're doing the sponsor breaks in the show we we hope that you like it better we're trying to tighten them up make them a little concise um you gave us a little bit of an intro music for the last show and we got johnny niddle to come in and and give us some some better uh, so you not, like not my better, jazz chords not, is that what not, you're saying not better intro music a different intro music that maybe fit the theme of our show a little bit better I, i'm gonna do jazz hands while it plays now just to you know throw you off with my jazz chords yeah so those seem to be received positively yeah, thank you, everybody. And, and also, you know, just on sponsors in general, it really, you know, that's how we keep the lights on here. So we really do appreciate you listening to the ad spots and uh, and supporting our sponsors and and let them know you heard about it on Mac Power Users in general. And um, even if it was in the past, we, we very much appreciate you uh, getting the word out there that the Mac Power Users uh, listeners are loud and proud with the support of our sponsors. Yeah, because you telling them that you heard about them on our show is what causes them to to keep coming back. So we, we definitely appreciate that. So, okay. Um, so a few rules and regulations for the notes shootout. Th there um, are no rules in a shootout. I just start pointing and start shooting. No, this is like the old days where, um, you know, they had the, um, a duel. You know, we have duel, to be like yeah. proper 10 steps. You have, you need a second. Who will be my second? I don't know, but the, um, Siri can uh, be your second. Yeah. This really grew out of a discussion of Apple notes getting better. And what that means for plain texters like me. And 
And then just generally the the state of affairs over at Evernote, and we keep hearing about OneNote. So we started thinking uh, we would we really don't want to do a single show on all four of those topics, but we did want to kind of knock those four ideas together and see what what shook loose. So we've been both kind of extensively testing different pieces of this, and we wanted to go through. Uh, this is not a shootout of all the iOS note taking apps. That's probably a whole show in itself, and uh, you know we wanted to give these four. Uh, enough space. So that's the idea today is we're going to look at, you know, what you can do with taking notes using a plain text system, Apple Notes, Evernote, and Microsoft OneNote. And we, we both of them, we both used a lot of these things a lot over the last month or so, and we've got all kinds of feedback. Fair enough. Awesome. Let's do it. All right. Let's start with Apple. Actually, let's start with plain text because I think historically that's where we have to start. Always starting with plain text. Yeah, I, I feel like a bit of um, a hypocrite because, you know, I wrote a book about um, Markdown and for years I've been swearing on the show that you need to do everything in plain text because it's it's timeless. There's a lot of reasons of like plain text, you know, it's timeless. It The stuff you write now will be your grandkids will be able to read because the plain text files are going to be always going to be able to be read. Whereas if you look back at like your, you know, the um, the files you wrote on your original Mac or even your Apple II. Uh, and like MacWrite, you're not going to be able to open those very easily these days. So, you know, your precious words get lost if you don't put them in some sort of plain text system. And um, the other big advantage of a plain text system is app portability. You know, whatever the flavor of the month is over an iOS, uh, if you've got them all in a text folder on Dropbox, you generally can use them to uh, to view all your notes. So that's what I've been doing for a long, long time. In fact, last year, we talked about this on the Mac Packers, I went on my own little spirit quest to to find a new notes app. I went through a whole bunch of options. I I really tried Evernote hard. I really wanted to love Evernote. Wouldn't that have been great drama after all the way? <laughs> it would have been it. hilarious. I would have never let you hear the end of it. And I, I was willing to. I was willing to take that one, take it right on the chin if it was better, but it wasn't for me. And uh, so, it, you know, I went through all that stuff and I eventually ended up back on a text editor. Um, so plain text notes. Um, but that changed a little bit as we're going to learn later in the show. Uh, but but I don't think plain text is a bad option even today for taking notes, despite this abundance of riches we're getting from some of these other applications. I, I put a note out on the uh, Twitter feed the other day saying, hey, we're going to do this shootout. What do you think? And there are a lot of our listeners who still you know love and swear by text. So. I have not used the the text format a lot simply because I've always been an Evernote user. And I know we'll talk about that extensively later in the show. But there is a lot to be said for using plain text notes because you know they're going to be readable years from now. You know that they're going to be usable in almost any system. And, you know, as, as you've talked about, David, you've used a number of systems with these over the years, you know, dating back for multiple versions of the Mac, multiple versions of iOS. I mean, what, simple text? Is that the, not simple text? What was the original, very original iOS note? Simple note. Simple note, Sim- yes. Simple note. Simple note and, and now using all types of different methods. You know, it, it makes me think about when I originally started using the Mac, McWrite was the the word processor, you know, that I started taking things in. And, and I cannot open those documents now in McWrite. Now, I've been... I, I like the way you say it. it gives it kind of a Scottish inflection. Is that not how you say McWrite? Clan McWrite. Clan McWright, that yeah. makes right. MacWright. MacWright. No, I always called go. it MacWright. Mac, I guess that, it's MacWright, yeah. You know, the computer was called a Mac, so I'm thinking. MacWright. Yeah, it's probably MacWright. Um, so that's the one that I always used. And now, I, I don't know, whatever. all those things that I made there, 
they're they're gone. They're just gone. It was probably I was probably college when I switched over to Word. Um, and, and I don't know, can you still open the original Word documents with the current versions of Word or people who were using WordPerfect? So yeah, th- there's there's certain a, a legacy about if, if you'd written in plain text, you can still open the plain text. Yeah, and I guess there's a little bit of background required here in terms of what is a note. I mean, to me, um, a small bit of information is a note. And I have, uh, currently I can tell you I have 800 and I think, 22 of these things and uh and it could be anything it could be a clause in a contract i was reviewing a contract and the other lawyer had a really good clause in it for something that's legally mumbo jumbo nobody most cares about but i'm like oh that's a really good clause so i boosted it right out of there you know copied it and i put it into a note and someday in the future i may have need a use of that clause and i will have it right there um i have things in there about you know, books I want to read, whatever. I mean, just stuff that occurs to me all the time gets turned into a note. And it's just a great way to kind of hold on to all that information. So using that as the the general idea of your note, your note stuff, um, plain text solves that problem generally pretty well because of cloud syncing. You know, Dropbox is a great way to do it. Uh, some apps rely on iCloud. I think Dropbox is generally a better way because it's so portable. I mean, you can go on the PC, the Android, whatever you want to do. Uh, you've got your notes. Um, app portability. Uh, I call it storage portability because you can literally just move the, the file somewhere. Whereas some of the other apps we're going to talk about later, that isn't so easy. Um but the, the disadvantage of the plain text system is no formatting, which is what led me down the road of using Markdown so much because Markdown in essence puts formatting into non-formatted text. And um, the other thing that, that I've been running into the last couple of years is I'm constantly looking for ways to store media with these plain text files. Um, so that it, just seems like a total contradiction. I know, but, but it, you know, I'm looking at what I'm doing, like, you know, on the legal side, I've got a some text for a, a, a type of contract I, w- I write quite often. But then I've also, why wouldn't I want to have a pages and a word file with that text already formatted largely and largely done in like a template format for me? Why wouldn't I want to keep all that in one place? And you can't do that. Or um, when I was, you know, doing the great, you know, gardening project of 2015, um, I, I was doing all this research cause I was pulling out of my grass and I was adding all this new stuff and I wanted to, I'd go to the garden center, I'd take pictures of things and I would write down notes and I would have checklists on why don't I have all this in one place? Um, and there, there are, you know, ways around that on a plain text system, really like making reference links to files held other places or, um, you can say, I'm going to put the pictures in one application and the words in another, but there really is something nice about having it all in one place. Um, the other thing about um, text, plain text files is it really doesn't support metadata very well. Um, there are exceptions to this, like our friend, you know, Brett Terpstra, of course, figured out to add tagging to plain text files with his NB alt application. But, you know, generally that stuff, you've got to be using an app then to make sure you access that. Um, so, you know, there's a there's a lot of pluses, especially in terms of timelessness. But there's disadvantages as well because the the medium by itself is is limited with plain text. What uh, when you're talking about the types of things that you're you're I mean, you have thousands of these notes, don't you? 
Well, I had thousands. And when I just made my big transition to Apple Notes, I cleaned house and got rid of a bunch. So now I'm down to, like I said, 822. But do you go through, how do you, uh, other than when you make a big transition, like the one that you went through, how do you call those? I mean, were you just keeping these for years? I mean, I'm sure you had stuff in there that you didn't need. Yeah. Whenever I come across one that's no longer relevant, I get rid of it. Right. You know, I delete it, but I hadn't really done it systematically until I just made this big transition. Um, but you know, most of the stuff, I don't really have much of a reason to get rid of when I've got, you know, my note with my favorite type of bratwurst to buy, you know, Johnsonville, by the way, still is pretty damn good. Um, (laughs) Uh, you know, I'm not sure I may need that in five years. I don't know. You know, so I, and then when I go and I find a new one, I add it to the list and I, then I, you know, I have a little taste test and I rank them and it's just a way for me to remember. Right. Um, so I'm not going to be deleting a lot of those, um, uh, with the legal stuff. I keep a note every time I have a client, whether it's a corporate client or a litigation matter or whatever, I open a new note and in it, I've got like on the corporate stuff, the main contacts, the secretary of state number for the company. And I have a little communications log. Every time we get on the phone, I'd make a little note. Well, not every time, but most times. And so I've got this stuff. And, and when the matter, let's say the client moves on or the litigation ends, I just move that into a closed matter folder. Um, and I keep it forever. And it's, it's really, I find it useful all the time. I I just got assigned to a new judge on a case and I'm like, gosh, I know that guy from somewhere. And I went and searched my database and sure enough, like 15 years ago, I had a case in front of him and I even had notes about what he preferred and didn't like in his trial brief. So it's like all that little stuff can come back to be useful later Uh, and it's text. So it takes almost no space. So in that example, it's, it's one note you have for the client and your communication logs and your miscellaneous notes and that kinds of thing. Yeah. It was a litigation case. Yeah. It was a litigation case. Well, I mean, if you really want to hear how anal I am, right. So for litigation cases, I always list the judge as part of that note, you know, the judge, the clerk's name, the phone number, you know, you never know if you're stuck, if you get in a car accident, how do I get a hold of them very quickly? Uh, so all that stuff is in one place, but I also have a separate uh, one called judge notes where I keep notes on every judge I ever appear before just to kind of give myself a little, um, kind of like as a, a offloaded Ram, you know, it's extra memory. Uh, for little thoughts about that stuff. So that, that time the judge showed up in two places, showed up in the case that I had him on and in my judge notes. Note. Yeah. My judge notes note. How's that? There you go. You also Uh, keep notes on like podcasters and random people you run into. I I see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm making a list and checking it twice. Scary. All right. It it helps, you know, it just helps. I mean, it's hard enough remembering all this stuff. Uh, So having a, all the searching happens either on the Mac through Spotlight or through whatever iOS app you're accessing these through. Yeah. Um, and for, I mean, for the longest time, I mean, I'll tell you, if you are going to do a plain text system, uh, get yourself NV Alt on your Mac. Don't, don't look anywhere else. Just get NV Alt. It's super great. You know, it's made by a friend of ours, Brett Terpstra. He's getting ready to release, I think, a paid version of it in the not so distant future. And it will be absolutely worth it, especially for tech stuff. Uh, the application. Well, he's is, he's not releasing a paid version of Envy Alt. He's releasing yeah a, something a, new, a different app, right? Yeah, and it's going to be even better. And but you know, th- but I'm sure it's going to be in some ways derivative of Envy Alt. All the good stuff, like creating a new note in Envy Alt, is like ridiculously simple. Searching it is super easy. You know, so it's just a great way to get quick access to all that stuff. Um, uh, in fact, I think I prefer it over my current solution, Apple Notes, in a lot of ways except for the fact that it really doesn't support rich media. 
Um, so anyway, uh, so, you know, getting the idea of notes in general, uh, plain text notes is a, is a good way to do it. Uh, there are some limitations. I think security is kind of a limitation with plain text files. You know, it's not that easy. I guess you could encrypt individual files, but depending on what application you're using, that could cause trouble. Yeah. I would imagine most plain text editors probably aren't going to unencrypt and re-encrypt notes on the fly. Yeah, exactly. And collaboration is another thing. Some of the solutions we're going to talk about later in the show have some really great collaboration tools where you can have two or three people in the same note at once, all making changes and it it just works. That doesn't work with plain text files. I mean, there are there are definite limitations. Um, If you want to explore a plain text solution, though, I would recommend on the Mac getting yourself a copy of NVLT. And on the iOS, the one that I like the most after I did that thing last year was one writer it's the number one arabic number one writer w-r-i-t-e-r uh, on ios i think is very good simple note is still a great solution too though and uh, simple note works really good with nvl uh, there's a whole bunch of them out there but but i felt like one writer was really just ideal for working with nvl to had a quick search and um, synced the notes quite quickly and using dropbox i never had any problem with any lost data so, you know, there you have it. Um, you know, one way to do this uh, is to just go plain text. I, you know, I, I think maybe um, before we move on to the next subject, it's not in the outline, but I got thinking, so who is the right person for plain text? What do you think? I think it's got to be a little bit of a power user because I yeah. think doing plain text has got going to require some overhead in terms of thinking about storage, thinking about syncing, thinking about organization, it's it's not an all-in-one prepackaged solution. Yeah, so it's somebody that can like decide if they want to keep photos somewhere else. They're happy doing that, and and using some of these tools, you can actually create links to them in plain text. Um, I also think it's somebody that maybe doesn't care that much about additional media or formatting, but just wants that text because you know the advantage of it is portability and lightning fast search and small storage footprint. So if those things are more important to you than rich media, then this is probably the road you need to travel down. Okay. Anything more on plain text? Should we move on to Apple notes? Well, we'll talk a little bit more about it when we sum up at the end, but I think that pretty much covers the the basis of plain text. This episode of the Mac power users is brought to you by making light. The mail order candle company that helps creative people build a daily ritual to focus on things that matter most. I'm so pleased to have Making Light back as a Mac Power User sponsor. I've been a subscriber for years and I love getting my candles in the mail every month. Now I know when you hear me you're thinking, ah, candles, but these are special candles. The guys at Making Light really know what they're doing and they nerd out on candle making. These candles are made with soy wax, which is clean and burns longer and cooler. They also use woven cotton wicks. Because my whole family now knows I've turned into a candle guy, I occasionally get one given to me by somebody else from a different manufacturer, and they're always terrible. The idea behind Making Light is helping people focus on their best work. All of us nerds have little rituals we do to try and stay on target and stay focused on what we want to do, and I'm here to tell you that a candle is an excellent way to pull that off. I find something really settling about sitting down at my computer, lighting my making light candle and digging in on my current iBook or the next legal brief or whatever it is that I need. I'm such a nerd that when I decide to take a break, I actually blow the candle out and then I relight it later when I decide to resume. 
as silly as that sounds, the idea of a candle is a way to just kind of tell myself that it's on and to get back to work. So I've been doing this now for several years, and every month I get a couple new candles in the mail. It comes along with matches and a sample of the next month's scent. It's funny because when I have a month where I'm not very productive, I actually see it physically because I don't use as many of my candles. I guess the bottom line is that I'm a believer in these candles. They've got a bunch of different plans. You can have a monthly membership or you can get blocks of two, three, four, six, twelve a month, whatever you need. And they're also great gifts. And Mother's Day is right around the corner. So rather than getting mom something silly, why don't you get her a candle subscription to a really great candle company made by some really great people? So go ahead and check it out at makinglight.com. If you use the offer code of MPU for Mac Power users, you'll get $5 off any subscription. If nothing else, I recommend you try it for just a couple months. I know we're all nerds here, but trust me, if you start using candles, you'll get it really quickly. Thanks, Making Light, for supporting the Mac Power users. All right, so let's talk a little bit about Apple Notes because there was a huge transition with Apple Notes. I think it was, it was WWDC last year uh, where one of the big tentpole features of iOS 9 was Notes. And everyone kind of said, seriously, Notes yeah, is going to be your, your, your tentpole feature for, uh, for iOS 9? And they said, yeah, Notes. And Notes has been something that's honestly... I never used it. I, it I never, it I, never I, I never, I never used that, it. Right? Do we um, get a tag if we say it sucked? Yeah. I, I use it a little more now. I, I still don't use it primarily. And, and I'll tell you, here, here's a preview of my thoughts on notes. I, I'm a little afraid for you, David. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll talk about how, how you've taken on notes. Okay. Well, but, you know what? Somebody's got to stick their neck out. So why not me? Yeah, well, I've, as I've said, you're, you're my canary in the coal mine. And yeah. when, when, when you stop chirping and fall over and die, I'll be like, whew, whew, touched a bullet on that one. Yeah, that's okay. All right, team. I'll take this one for the team. Yeah. So, so I, I really felt like uh, Apple notes was like this. It, it felt to me like a complete afterthought, you know, when the phone first showed up and they had that, I don't know if you remember, it had marker felt as its font. You know, from that's that it's a little better than Comic Sans, right? It's just a little. And and from a company like Apple that has this rich, you know, tradition of making these beautiful user interfaces and important type typography. And I guess they were going for, you know, that whole period when they were trying to make everything look like, you know, real life analog. But it it was I thought the font was horrible and I I, I just thought it was ugly and and poorly designed and just junk from day one. And that's why I think I started down the road with a uh, simple note back, back when that happened. Uh, so I, I always felt like I wrote the app off as just useless. And in my mind, it was never going to get better. I mean, and that's very typical for Apple for a kind of a small utility app to kind of just put it in a closet and, and leave it there. <laughs> so um, last year at WWDC, I went up to San Francisco sitting behind Mike Hurley at the time because I got there a little late and the um I'll never forget the um they announced uh you know one of the big new features in iOS 10 or iOS 9 is is notes and I just snorted. I mean I think Hurley turned around and looked at me like I was rude, but I mean come on, notes? What are they gonna do with notes? So so I, I thought it was ridiculous. Even when they announced it I didn't believe it was going to be any good. Um but I did decide to try it for the show. And uh I guess about, you know, three or four betas in, I went ahead and installed it and started using notes. And even then my first note was 
everything that's wrong with Apple Notes. You know, I was making a list of the things so I could write my blog post about why it was trash, you know, when the when it released. That's how I started with Notes. And how long well, did that note get? The story changed. I mean, I, I, there's still things on it. I still have it. There's still some stuff on it. I've, I put a bunch of it into the outline today. But um, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, so so in addition to the marker felt thing, which is a really easy shot to take, um, is they used IMAP as a syncing mechanism for notes, which makes almost no sense. I don't know. I guess because they wanted to stick it on the back of the Apple Mill sync service. I, I don't know what 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 the idea was behind it. I don't know enough about the engineering to explain it, but I do know that it never was reliable. And uh, so that was, you know, the first thing is if it doesn't sync notes, then how's it going to work? Especially in this day and age when Apple is selling us 17 different devices, different sizes of screens, you know, how are we going to decide? Well, I guess we didn't mention at the beginning of the show, Katie, that we're going to talk about the Apple announcements at the end today. Oh yeah. Preview. Yeah. We're going to do that. Uh, anyway. Um, so, so I, I went down the rabbit hole with this new notes app. And the first thing I discovered because I had a, I had in the initial like draft of the note about what's wrong with it. I was going to say syncing issues. I actually had a title called syncing issues because I knew I was going to have syncing issues and uh, you know, months went by and nothing went under that list. Cause it, it just, it just worked crazy. Right. Well, and they're using the iCloud sync backend for this again. Yeah. Now, no longer IMAP. IMAP has gone away. Now, I, I when I put the word out on Twitter, we we're going to do the show. A couple listeners uh, registered tweets to say they lost a note or two. And uh, so I don't know. I haven't talked to those people. I don't know what the details is. So maybe there are some syncing issues, but I can tell you I've had none. Well, and I saw one of the concerns that about Apple Notes is there's there's really no backup mechanism if the sync should fail or if you something should get corrupted or if you should accidentally delete a note. I know there's a way that you can lock a note, but you know, with, with solutions, like if, if you have a Dropbox backed up note or you're using a Dropbox text file solution, then there's that 30 day undo. Or if you're a paid Dropbox member, it's even longer. And if you're using Evernote, there's uh, there's an undo feature where you can go back and, and get previous versions of a note that doesn't necessarily exist in Apple notes. It's either there or it's not. Well, I mean, that I saw those tweets and I'm not sure because like, for instance, when you delete a note, there is a folder called recently deleted. So when you delete a folder, it doesn't go away automatically. Um, uh, if you look in the application, it says that they permanently delete them after 30 days. So it's not that drastic. You know, there is a way to recapture them. In fact, at one point I had when I went in and um, and did my purge, I, I, my number of notes wasn't going down. And I, it took me a minute to realize, oh, they're all just getting moved to the deleted items. You have to go in there and, and additionally delete them to, to fix right. that. But I guess if you typed over something in a note or you selected all and deleted, but didn't actually delete the note, then you yes. could be out of luck. Yeah, that would be bad. That would be bad. There's no versioning. That's one of the things. Uh, and so I started with, you know, keeping notes and I said, well, I'm not going to just keep one note about what's wrong with it. Um, I'll, I'll start, you know, adding some additional notes. And then, then I started putting some of my work notes and my other stuff in with the idea of, well, I'll just run it like, uh, like I'm really using it for a month or two. And at the end, I'll, I'll just take all the text out of there and drop it into plain text notes and be done with this. Uh, but then at some point I realized I'd turned into an Apple notes user. And, um, and there's a couple of reasons I, as I, uh, when I wrote the outline, I had 820 notes. This was yesterday. Now I have 822 notes. It gives you, it does tell just you how many keeps you have. Growing. Yeah. The, the list keeps growing. And, uh, 
um, there's some things I like about it. You know, after being a text guy for so long, um, uh, starting with the editing, you know, the editing is pretty nice. You, uh, you know, th- there's not a whole lot of control over typography. In fact, one of my big complaints about it, uh, and I've written about this in Max Sparky too, is the, the font size issue on the Mac is completely insane. It's like super small. I, I don't know. I think, I think it's like two points, you know, three points maybe at most. I think you're just, at least it feels like it. No, it it looks like 12 to me. Uh, I'm looking at it. It's fine. Oh man. It's, it's small though. I, I use, although, you know, know, there's there's a little button that you can click to make it. No, it's not. Okay. I understand. Okay. So it's title heading body. You could just type everything in the headings. Swamped. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. And then you get it on iOS and it looks, it looks like dog meat. It's terrible. The, uh, well, and I, you can I show the fonts this. and bump it up. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you can go show fonts. You can say select all and then command plus to just knock it up a little bit. But then that's a per note basis. There's no way to mm-hmm. take the the default display to say on the Mac display body size mm-hmm. text, you know, in 16 points instead of 12. I wonder if there's like a P list file or something. You I, I've looked. I've I mean, I've 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 written and complained to some very specific friends at Apple. I have. I mean, it's. It's just not happened yet. And the interesting thing is they've continued to develop this application. This is not any, in any sense of the word abandonware. Apple, I mean, we just got a new update this week that adds features to this application. And that's why it's baffling to me that, that this font issue, I mean, there must be somebody else at Apple over the age of 40. Um, but anyway, so, so editing is nice, except on the Mac, the font is too small. I can read it, but I squint. Um, uh, but the other, you know, pieces of it are very nice. And as an Evernote user, this is where you can snort at me because, you know, like it adds bullets and checklist items. And this is stuff that you've been able to do in other applications for years. But having been just the plain text guy for so long, uh, I'm kind of enjoying adding those things. You know, when I did that garden project, I had checklists and, you know, I still do that. It's not a replacement for OmniFocus in any stretch of the imagination. But uh, there are times where it makes sense to drop in some rich text formatting. Um and uh, and I really like that. So editing in it is better because, you know, it's great adding, you know, hashtags and markdown uh, titles. But when I've got a long note that's got a communications log and a list of parties and other things in it, it's kind of nice being able just to scroll through it and have the the headings stand out to you in bold and larger type. It just there are an advantage to that. Um organization with the notes app um uh, as i put in the show notes it's any way you like so long as it's chronological sure (laughs) (laughs) and they uh and that is a downside in my uh, in my uh, opinion there should be a way to sort it by uh alphabetized you know uh reverse alphabetized like like i've got a folder of notes in my apple notes called legal forms where like i do put all sorts of little bits of text that i may use someday. And I would like to have that. And I have the way I named them is in essence, in essence, um, a tagging system. And I would like to be able to see those alphabetically and I can't. Uh, right. And and you mentioned a tagging system, but there are no tags in Apple yeah. notes, even though there are tags support in the finders, the tagging system that you're talking about is, is a hack, something that you've yeah. worked around. Yeah. I'll talk about how I hacked it later, but it's just like, isn't that weird? You know, Apple came out with this tagging system. I think it was two years ago now. And they and said, have hey, done we, nothing with it since. Yeah, we got it all figured out now and it works on iOS and Mac. And it did seem like it does do everything they said it would do, but then they have not supported it at all in just about anything. 
And my guess is they saw like 0.0001% of users were using tags. And they're like, this is not a priority. But, you know, maybe part of the problem is it's just not supported in enough places. But Apple Notes seems like the natural place to put those tags and they are not there. Um, so it needs additional sort options for organization. It needs, uh, I think tags would be a great idea. Uh, the paradigm it does use is folders and it's got those, um, you know, it's got a one layer of folders. It's kind of like the old Yojimbo app. I shouldn't say old. It's still being made, right? Yojimbo. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, but either way, you know, you've got one layer of, of organization folders and, you know, I've got them sorted. I've got some for the legal stuff, some for the Max Barkey, some for the personal and it's a generally a pretty good way to put stuff together. But um, so so organization is OK, but not great. Um, but I still, you know, coming back to having the rich text and the pictures and being able to drop in a pages file, that stuff really uh, makes up for a lot of sins. Now, have you now you have how much stuff do you have in Apple I've, Notes? I've got maybe a dozen notes. Okay, notes. so you're not really testing it at all then. Mm, I'm, uh, yeah, I've, I, that's about ten notes more than I had before. Yeah, the, uh, the new <laughs> version of Apple Notes came out. Yeah. Well, yeah, I didn't. I had zero in before. Yeah. Um, ser- search is generally good. Um, you can type in and it'll search. Um, it does not allow you. To, it's global search always, and something I don't like is I would like the ability to go into one folder and just search from within that folder. And it doesn't do that yet. Um, it, it also doesn't search attachment content. So if you've got a PDF attached with words in it, it's not going to find those where I think Evernote probably would. It would. Well, it depends on which Evernote plan you're in. Yeah. All right. And um, searching inside specific notes. So if you've got a note with a ton of text on it. And one of the things on my list to figure out before we did record the show, which I failed to do is how long can a note get? I mean, I don't know how much to, it's never told me no. Let's just put it that way. And I've put some really long bits of text in some of these notes. Um, but you, you can search inside a note on the Mac, but you can't on iOS. It doesn't allow you to search say, inside this note, find, you know, every instance of the word broccoli. It just doesn't do that. Yeah. That, I mean, if your notes get really long, that, that can be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, there are, and I know this sounds like I've been nothing but critical of the app, but I actually am quite happy using it now. Um, the, uh, the data capture is really nice because it's made by Apple. And so all of the stuff on iOS where saved in notes, it's just, it's just one less level of abstraction. You don't have to go through some weird extension. It's just, everything is built in everywhere. So capturing stuff into it, is really easy except for the fact that there's no API for third-party developers, which means drafts, my beloved drafts doesn't have an easy way to save directly to notes. Right. And so I it's know- everything is in the share sheet, but that's it. And it's just the share sheet extension. I'm yeah, sorry. exactly. Okay. Exactly. And the way I get around that with drafts is I just save as text and paste in and it's fine. I wonder if you could do like a drafts to a workflow to a note. Um, You know what? That's a good idea. I should look into that. Because drafts, Greg, drafts yeah. can save to a workflow, right? Yeah. yeah. And and I wouldn't be surprised because they keep expanding this. I don't think we're at the end of the story with notes. I think that there's still, like, I think my font thing is going to get worked out. And I think that some of this other stuff, like the alphabetizing, alphabetizing search, I, I just feel like that they've got a list of features and they're knocking them out as soon as they can. But the most recent update was more about security than it was about those types of usability issues. 
This episode of Mac Power Users is brought to you by Backblaze. Backblaze is personal and business backup for Macs and PCs. With Backblaze, you'll get unlimited online backup for documents, music, photos, videos, and all of your user data. And you can get a no-risk two-week free trial by heading over to backblaze.com MPU. Now, I use and love Backblaze and have for years to back up all of the data on my Mac. And Backblaze has backed up well over 150 petabytes of data, a lot of that being mine, and has restored over 10 billion files. You have online access to your files from anywhere you have an internet connection. They even have iPhone and Android apps so that you can access all of your smaller files on the go. With Backblaze, you have options. You can restore a single file at a time or all of your files. They have easy web restore access. You can go online, download your files or an archive of files. Or if you need to recover your entire hard drive because of an accident or say theft or fire, flood, whatever, you can order a USB hard drive from Backblaze and get everything back in one go. They have a native application for Mac and PC, and this is a Mac app by people who know how to design Mac apps. There's no Java, there's no funky plugins, it just works. They will even back up your attached external hard drives as well. Personally, I'm a belt and suspenders type of person, so if you're already using an existing backup solution like Time Machine or Carbon Copy Cloner or SuperDuper to an external hard drive, you absolutely should add Backblaze to part of your plan so that you have a redundant off-site backup as well. Backblaze is not going to throttle your uploads, and they also have upload threadings, which means you can back up just as quickly as your ISP is going to let you. There's no add-ons, no gimmicks, no additional charges. It's very easy. $5 a month per computer for unlimited, unthrottled online backup. And Mac Power Users listeners get a two-week free trial by going to backblaze.com MPU. So maybe you're already backing up with Backblaze. Maybe you've listened to us. Well, they've got something new for IT professionals. It's called Backblaze B2 Cloud Storage. So if you're building an app and need cloud storage, or you want to be able to command your own backups with CLIs and APIs, then Backblaze B2 is for you. It's a fourth of the cost of Amazon S3, and the beta is open now. So head over to backblaze.com MPU and check out B2 Cloud Storage. So thank you to Backblaze for your continued support of Mac Power users. I'm a happy customer, and I'm sure you will be too. Thanks, Backblaze. So let's let's talk about the Apple Pencil and, and the notes. Because, you know, I did spend some time with the iPad Pro, and sadly, it got returned. Uh, this yeah, is I the saw big, your blog post on that. That yeah, was good. It got, it got some comments. Uh, I, I got a lot of great comments on it, and then, you know, I got a, it got retweeted and by a, a bunch of people, and I got some kind of wacky comments from people who clearly just read the first couple of paragraphs and wanted to send me something snide, but whatever. Uh, yeah. The um, the one thing that was pretty cool is that, you know, I think, you know, Apple has these things planned out years in advance of, of what their roadmap is and what they're going to do. So clearly when Apple introduced Apple Notes at WWDC, they they had the the pencil and the, the iPad Pro was was in their sights. And oh, so you they, mean somebody didn't say, "Hey, that's yeah. a good idea. Let's uh, let's make a pencil to work with this app." <laughs> right. So, I mean, Apple really needed a they needed a native app that had pencil support. They needed a native app that could do these things. And it's like, well, you know, we do have this Notes app. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could just up our game with that Notes app and and do some things with it. I mean, certainly third parties were, were going to climb on and and do their own things that had support for Apple Pencil. But Apple had to have their own app that they could have in their stores on their factory iPads. Yeah. They could do things with with notes. So, uh, how how have you been? Are you using the Apple Pencil? 
at all, all the time in your notes. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. I, you know, reading your article is funny because I really like the Apple pencil. It's, it's an essential tool for me. I mean, I use it. I don't use it as an artist so much as I use it as someone who marks up documents and takes notes by hand on occasion. Uh, I think visually, you know, like if you ask me for directions, I will not say, you know, go two miles and turn right. I will draw you a map. And um, so when I sit down and talk to people and they tell me about relationships and events and things that, you know, I need to to understand, the best way for me to understand it is to sketch it. So I, uh, it's a usual thing now. My clients seem to be used to it now. I don't hear too much about it. I just whip out my Apple Pencil and I've got a note for their matter already. So I can just attach a note to the back of it and Well, I mean, you used to carry note cards around and sketch things on that. Yeah, I did. And that's gone away. It's gone away. Now, what kinds of things are you sketching? I mean, in notes, I mean, are you doing big sketches? Are you doing little doodles in your notes? Uh, It depends. Depends. But largely they're sketches. And, you know, like we had Mike Rohde on to talk about sketch noting. And that stuff really works for me. So I'll I'll even like, (laughs) this is kind of silly. I'm I'm so weird. But the, uh, like when I go to do court appearances, a lot of times I'll sketch note kind of out my argument you know, with little diagrams and things. Cause when I'm standing in front of the guy in the black robe, it's easy to get nervous. So if I've got like a sketch note, I can do it that way. But I also like to use it when I'm talking to people. Uh, I, I can rarely... just see it. Mr. Sparks, what is that you've got there? Uh, judge, you look, I have a picture of you portrayed as Snoopy, your honor. <laughs> yes. Uh, but anyway, um, and it always is great because opposing counsel gets thrown off their game because they, they're trying to figure out what the heck I'm looking at. So that there's a side benefit. But the um, but so I, I don't do it alone so much as I use the pencil alone when I'm reviewing contracts and stuff. But I use the pencil when I'm talking to people to kind of like draw ideas and concepts. So I use it that way. And uh, and because Apple Notes, it just kind of integrates in the the drawing tools in Apple Notes, I think are very good. I, I, I hope that Apple at some point makes that like just an API that that um, app developers can just tie into. Right. Where they I think just, that's possible. Yeah, you know, we'll see in a couple of months is a good opportunity to, to share that. But, you know, it works generally pretty well. It's not a super great, you know, um, art, artist tool. But for the kind of stuff I do, it's fine. So that's another piece that I can't get with with plain text, you know, is the ability and, and everything, you know, transitions over nicely. I can see the diagrams on the phone and the Mac and you know, I'm generally happy with that whole workflow. Now, can you pull those notes out of of the note, the sketches, the doodles? I have. Um, well, I mean, I you can you can take a screenshot of it, I guess. You know, I, I've never really thought of trying to do that. Um, to tell you the truth, everything's just kind of in there for me. Um, but I, I can think of offhand several ways to get another, not necessarily very elegantly, but yeah. there's now, I mean, your, your whole complaint about, uh, uh, Evernote is that it was the Roach Motel and that once yeah, that's it true. went in, true. it never came out. Yeah. Well, there, there are ways to, uh, and uh, there is a tool that will export all of your Apple notes as text, plain text files. I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes for it. So that, that was one of the things that was a big point before I decided to really commit to it. And I ran the tool and it works fine. That won't get my sketches out, but you know, before my sketches were on a piece of paper and uh, you know, there's a good chance they would have got lost too. So I'm okay with that part of it. Attachments, um, you know, like Evernote and, and um, OneNote, it's easy enough to add files to the thing. And I'm finding I'm doing that with all sorts of different things, PDFs, images, words, and pages, documents. 
occasionally um, even a spreadsheet. But, you know, you just drop it in there and it's there. And then when I open it up on a different device, I can still have that file. I use like template style files that I've started doing that stuff with. And I understand that you can have a template um, folder on your Dropbox or iCloud or whatever. But I just like having them all together and you can combine different formats of the same document, which is nice. Um, security has got a lot better with Apple Notes just this week. Now you can touch ID secure individual notes. And this is another advantage where you've got the, the manufacturer of the hardware and the software creating this third part of this app, because, you know, they can tie into the touch ID stuff a lot easier than other people can. Although, you know, now that I think about it, I don't know why anybody couldn't. I mean, if one password can use touch ID to lock the app, why couldn't an app, a different app use touch ID to lock a note? Yeah, a lot, a lot of apps are using touch ID. Like day one's got touch ID enabled. Evernote's got touch ID enabled. Um, yeah. But I think those are entire apps. I mean, and that's isn't that how Apple Notes implements it? It's, it's the entire app that's Touch ID enabled. No, you can you can uh, Touch ID individual notes. Oh, okay. And um, you don't have to do them all, which is nice. And um, and collaboration is is as far as I can tell, non-existent. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so if I wanted to share a note with Katie and we could work on it together, there there's really nothing good for that on Apple Notes. Whereas some of the other solutions we're about to talk about have much better collaboration tools. So I think that's, if you want to be able to collaborate on a single note, um, Apple notes is not for you. I mean, I say it's multi-platform, but I mean, it's on iOS and Mac. It's not on Android or windows or any of these other platforms. So it's, it's limited to people who are using Apple only. Um, uh, so there's some hacking I've been doing at it. Um, uh, my homegrown tagging is just hashtag you know, with the plus the tag. So if you write hashtag form at the bottom of it, then you've essentially got a searchable tag and it's got a, a character next to it that you wouldn't see otherwise. So it can search. Um, the font size problem on the Mac is not easily solvable. You, you can increase the font size in an individual note, but not all of them. I mean, what they really need to do is just have it display the text larger. Like, like um, Byword does that, you know, Byword has, different point sizes for the text, but you can say display the text at 150% or 200% and it doesn't change the formatting at all, but just displays it a little larger. And um, it seems to me like I know Apple is resistant to putting a lot of settings in, but when you have a, a usability issue where people who want to use your app are having trouble reading it on the screen, it seems to me like that's one that could get a setting. Well, I have some concerns. And some thoughts about Apple yeah. Notes. Before uh, you get there, let me finish the getting data in and out. Part, oh, okay. Though. I thought because there, there's a with this newest update, um, uh, they've they've got a tool now that can bring in Evernote. You can just link it to Evernote, and it'll bring stuff in. I wonder what. Yeah, that's Evernote, that's built in now. I wonder what Evernote thinks about that. I mean, because they're the ones that made this APA to get stuff out. After all of my complaining, maybe it's my. You know, maybe I'm responsible for that. And uh, also text. Um, it makes it very easy to bring text in. So the way I, once I decided to commit to this, I just pointed it at my text files in Dropbox and just said, import them all. And then I went through and cleaned them out from there. Okay. So let's hear your concerns. So here's, here's my big concern about this is Apple made a big change to Apple notes. They did it at WWC last year. I think this was after years of neglect of the Apple note app. I mean, for years, the note app, has been good enough for the masses. Uh, it, it hasn't been good, but it's been, you know, fine. We have a notes app, whatever. And people were using it and the power users 
found other solutions like, you know, SimpleNote and Dropbox and, and Evernote and all of those other options that we're going to talk about. And Apple saw that, you know, we've, we've got this iPad Pro, we've got this Apple Pencil, we've got these other things coming out. They saw that it was time to step up their game with Apple Notes, and they did. And clearly Apple Notes came before the iPad Pro introduction and all of that. So they've made their leap. Um, I guess my concern is, as Apple has done so many times in the past, that the Notes product is now, again, good enough, um, perhaps more than good enough, and so Apple's going to stop and that notes may not ever get much better from here. So uh, is this as good as it gets? And if it is, is that all right? Um, you know, this is if they continue to ignore it and you don't get anything else besides this other than just some stability updates and they continue to update it with the versions of, of the OS so that it just works and you have this essential basic functionality that you've got. If you never get tags, if you never get the ability to to tweak the text up and down. Um, if it never gets any better than this, is that okay? Or are you yeah. banking on it continuing to evolve and improve? Um, I'm definitely expecting it to improve. Uh, notes are, is an interesting thing for me because I use them so often. I mean, once you adopt this kind of idea of keeping little snippets of text, it's very, um, it's very useful, at least in, for people that do the kinds of things I do. So I think once you try it, you probably will be wanting to do it more often. So if I'm sitting here a year from now and it's still the tiny font and, and, and the gripes that I had earlier in the outline uh, are still existent, I could see myself looking for other options, certainly. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to make sure there was a way to get data out when I started this whole, you know, spirit quest. But the... um. But if in a year nothing's changed, I think I would probably be willing to to move out of it. And some of the other options we have here today are definitely on the table. But I agree. Uh, I think the bigger fear would be if what if they screw up the sink at some point and I start losing data? And, um, you know, Apple is kind of new to putting things on the cloud and not having things break. You know, photos, I think, has been a good, you know, has been a real good step forward to show that they can handle a lot of data without generally a lot of problems. Um, but, but that, you know, that if that were to start happening, then I would really have a problem. So th those are my big concerns about it. I I'm using notes in a different way. Now I I'm using it for one, which I never was before. And I will tell you that I have migrated a few of the things that I used to keep in Evernote into Apple notes. Um, because Evernote for me has started to get a little bit clunky, a, a little bit, and I think that's just because I've got so much stuff in there and I need to get, I really need to clean out my Evernote. I need to get some of the stuff out of there because it's, it's gotten a little too bulky to be usable. And so I've started to move some of my quick hit list things um, out of Evernote and into Apple notes. Um, for example, things that I update frequently, things that I need to reference frequently. I've got a list of gift ideas. And every time I think of something that someone mentions that they want or that a, a Christmas gift idea or a birthday gift idea I update that gift list idea. And I was just thinking, uh, I know that that list is an Evernote. And for the first time this past week, I went to go find it because I someone mentioned something and I thought, I'm going to go add this to my gift list idea in Evernote. And I couldn't quickly put my hands on it. And that scared me a little bit. I thought, oh, gosh. Um, I, in fact, I never went back and looked for it. I, I know it's still in there. So I, I made an Apple note and and started keeping my hit list there. Um, quick reference items like filing fees. I'm I'm regularly on the phone with people and they say, well, what's this going to cost me? 
And I don't know what those fees are off the top of my head. And it's just a lot easier for me to pop open Apple Note and says, well, the filing fee is going to cost you $437. And then this is going to cost in you know, those types of things. Well, we'll see. And that problem doesn't entirely solve itself uh, with Apple Notes. If you were to like throw the same number of notes you have in Evernote at Apple Notes, you probably would still be doing a little bit of digging right. uh, for things. Um, I, I think NVLT does a better job searching than Apple Notes does. Um, but I think for me, the the reason why I, I decided to stick with Apple notes was, uh, because it's so integrated, the system, it works so well with the pencil. I like the rich media and because it's made by Apple, you know, it is really quite easy to work with it. And, um, and I, I don't know what the future is for that, that platform of note taking app, but for now at least, and and frankly, I just use Apple stuff. I don't have a PC at work or whatever. So it's working for me right now, but I'm, I'm certainly not saying I'm burning my bridges to the other options at this point. Right. Now you asked this question for um, text and I'll ask it for Apple Notes. I have an answer. We'll see who yours, what yours is, but who is Apple Notes for? Yeah, I think it's for someone who's entirely in the Apple ecosystem. And uh, somebody who wants to have easy access to notes and not have to spend a whole lot of time hacking together the system. I mean, yeah. it's just in a lot of ways, it's the opposite of what we talked about earlier. I think it's also for someone who is not necessarily that happy with Evernote because it gives you a lot of the Evernote options. If you're on all Apple platform, it gives you kind of a native solution, Evernote. Right. And I'll tell you personally, David, I really feel like you are the exception to Apple Notes. I think Apple Notes is more designed for everyone, for the every user and not necessarily the power user. Can can a power user use Apple Notes? Oh, clearly you are. Yeah. Uh, and well, that's I, and that's yeah. great. But it, I think it's designed for the every user. Yeah. 822 notes and no problems. I guess that's uh, that's one question in my mind is when does this thing break? And uh, hasn't happened yet. I don't want to be standing next to you when it does. <laughs> okay. This episode of the Mac Power Users is brought to us by the Omni Group. The team at the Omni Group includes a collection of software developers and designers and just a group of really smart people trying to bring great productivity software to the Mac and iOS. They are also tireless. These guys are always working to make their software better. And you can see that just in the last month with some really great updates to a couple of my favorite Omni Group apps. For those of you with the new iPhone 6S or 6S Plus, the Omni Group has gone all in with 3D Touch for OmniFocus on the iPhone. Now, if you 3D Touch on the icon, you get options to see your favorite perspective, to go to the home screen, or even add a new inbox item. They've also added peek and pop to the inside of the application. So if you give a firm press on a task, you can look at the details, or if you drag it up, you can even flag it, make it due today, tomorrow, or delete the task. For Apple Watch owners, the OmniFocus complication now supports time travel for custom perspectives. And now when you complete an action on the Apple Watch, it will automatically trigger a sync on the iPhone to keep everything up to date. Over on the Mac, Omni Outliner 4.5 got released. If you like printing out your outlines, you're going to really like this update. The new options on the print panel include printing only selected rows, filtering by status, expanding to show all descendants, or flattening indentation. Uh, you can print column titles and row handles. There's just a bunch of new features that make printing your outlines better than ever before. I find both OmniFocus and OmniOutline are indispensable, and I use each of them every day. I love the way that the Omni Group has taken all of its productivity apps multi-platform 
and I can use the applications on my iPad, iPhone, and Mac. They even run their own syncing server through the Omnipresence server, which makes everything super easy. The bottom line is I just love the Omni Group and the stuff they make. It makes the stuff I do look better, and it makes me look more professional. If you haven't tried out Omni Outliner or Omni Focus, you should go check it out now. Thanks, Omni Group, for sponsoring the Mac Power Users. All right, so Evernote is is my baby, really. I've been I've been singing Evernote's praises for years. I, I may not be quite uh, as hot on Evernote right now as I have been in the past, but I am still a big Evernote power user. I've been using it. I've got my my life in it. Um, the the big advantage with Evernote is it is available on all the different platforms. It works on Mac, it works on Windows, it works on the web, it works on iOS, it works on Android, um, it works on my refrigerator practically. I mean, if you name it, there's there's probably an Evernote client for it. And then everything with Evernote syncs through their cloud service. So they've got their own proprietary sync method that I really haven't had any problems with. I don't think I've ever had an issue with duplicate nodes or conflicted nodes or nodes getting out of sync. The other big thing about Evernote is it will take just about anything that you put into it. It will take text. It will take plain text, rich text. It will take a JPEG, a PDF. It will take audio. It will take video. You can throw just about any file into Evernote um, and it will sync it. I'll tell you one thing that impressed me about OneNote that we're going to talk about next is I, I pasted in some Excel spreadsheets and they just dropped in no problem. Could you put a spreadsheet in Evernote? You can take an Excel file and put it in Evernote. Yeah, but like a like certain cells out of a sheet, it wouldn't take that, would it? I don't think so. No. Yeah, but it, you again, you could put the entire Excel file. In gotcha. There. Yeah. Um, Evernote organizes things into notebooks, which I would probably um, say is similar to folders. Um, and then you can also tag, and so you really have to give some thought when you start working with Evernote as to how you're going to organize things. Um, there are kind of a couple of different schools of thoughts about that, whether um, whether you want to have a gazillion notebooks or whether you just want to have a few notebooks and then organize everything with tags. Uh, notebooks cannot be uh, nested into each other. So you only have one level of notebooks. You can have multiple notebooks, but there's only one. Le- you can't put notebooks within notebooks. Yeah. So you can't go too crazy or too deep with your organization. Uh, they're not truly folders. They're notebooks. But once you have these notebooks, you can share them with others. And David and I will talk a little bit later about how we use Evernote in the Mac Power Users workflow. Um, And notes can also be shared via the web. So if I have documents that I'm keeping in Evernote, I can share that and make it a public note um, and share it with somebody else. And this has come in handy on a couple of occasions. Like if I've been keeping notes of something with an Evernote, like for example, when I was having all those that trouble um, a couple of months ago with my computer, I think I talked about it on the show where I was having all these kernel panics and I was having these weird video flicker issues with the screen. Um, I kept notes of that in Evernote and every time it happened or I could catch it, I would note the date and time. I, you know, typical troubleshooting. I would note what I was doing. I would note what I was running. Um, if it kernel panicked, I'd pull the log file in and I'd keep that in Evernote. I would take a picture or a video of the screen if I could to show what it was doing. And I was pulling all those things in Evernote. And then I actually made that a public note and was able to share it um, with the Apple tech support person that I was working with. And I'm convinced, like, as soon as I showed them, like, let me show you my documentation. Um, yeah. As soon as I showed them that, they were like, okay, let me transfer you to a senior support tech. I'm like, Thank Yeah, let's you. just give her a new computer and get her out of our lives. <laughs> right. 
Um, but, but I, you know, I don't know how else I would have, I mean, I could have gotten all that documentation separately to them. Um, but the fact that I was just able to give them one link click and they could go see it all yeah. was great. Yeah. It, it, you know, the Evernote, it was, uh, for so long, it was the, the thing, right? Because this idea of notebook apps is not new. I mean, it's been around for as long as computers have been, but Evernote was the first one to really bring a reliable synchronization method. So you could access your data on any platform. And the reason I always complained about it was in order to make this stuff work on any platform, they, they've got to run it through some, you know, some machine to, uh, to, to get it to work everywhere. And as a result, it actually gets harder to pull it out on the other end. It's actually, um, it's not HTML, but it's, it is HTML. Well, it's, it's HTML based. Yeah. And that's the problem. It's not, it's, you know, and, and I understand they have to do that to make all this work and that's what makes it special, but it also makes it hard to get stuff out. Um, but the, uh, but they also are the first company to really take advantage of, or one of the first companies to take advantage of just kind of cloud-based processing. I mean, Evernote was the first company I ever saw where you could take a picture of something and Evernote would go and find the text out of the picture and allow you to search it. So if you could take a picture of a bottle of wine or cup of tea or whatever, and later you could type in some word that was on that label, you could find it, which I thought was always really clever. And they also have some great extensions like extensions on the Mac are amazing where if you've got a series of notebooks in Evernote and you go ahead and save a page to your Evernote file, uh, Evernote will do a pretty good job of figuring out which notebook it thinks you want to put it in. Like right. if you've got a notebook dedicated to cooking pasta and you find a pasta recipe, it's probably going to put it in the pasta notebook, which I don't think any of these other applications can do. Well, one of the, the ways that I'm using this is is right now I've got to write a, a substantive paper for the end of my master's program. Um, my paper is actually on the Commerce Clause on the Internet, for those of you who are exciting. Interested. Yes, it's yeah. very exciting. Um, and so one of the things that I'm doing is I'm, I'm going online. I'm, I'm finding articles. I'm finding other papers that people have done. I'm finding, you know, basically research is what I'm doing. And I, I realize that there are probably better tools to do this, but this is the one and only research paper that I'm like ever going to write again. I swear I'm never doing this ever, ever again. And so I'm using the tools that I have. And so I, when, as I've been coming across these things, Evernote has a, a web clipper that is basically an extension that's that's built that you can add into the web browsers. And so if I come across a document that's a PDF, it clips it in as a PDF. If I come across a blog post or an article that someone's written you know, I can clip the simplified blog post in. And so I'm saving all this stuff to Evernote. As soon as I come across it, I'm saving it. And it's just this repository of stuff that I can go down through later and figure out, you know, what of this is actually going to be helpful to me. I think the the issue with Evernote for me is, as I stated at the beginning, I love taking notes and having quick bits of notes and text available to me. And I think that's one of the things that Evernote is the worst at. I mean, for all the the great features it has, Actually taking notes in Evernote and writing text and using the, you know, the, the tools to write text in Evernote, it's not a very pleasant experience in my, you know, in my experimentation. It's not. And I will say that this is something that they are working on. If you read some of the blog posts that they've written, you know, they are working on bringing Markdown support to Evernote. There's some betas out of that. They're, they're working on the text experience at Evernote. But I think one of the downsides of Evernote trying to be everything and do everything is that sometimes the basics like text get lost a little bit. I mean, don't worry, you, you can write text, but if I'm 
you know, in class taking notes or at a conference taking notes, Evernote is not really the tool that I want to be taking notes with. I'd much rather be taking notes in in ByWord or another application and then maybe even save those to Evernote. But I don't like taking notes in Evernote. Uh, Even Drafts has these export features to Evernote because nobody wants to write in Evernote. Right. Um, But the good news is it's very easy to get documents into Evernote. I mean, uh, if you're a premium user, you can you can forward things via email. They've got an iOS extension. You can drag and drop. You can use the the web clipper. Um, You know, you you can getting your stuff in Evernote is not a problem. So Uh, but there there are some disadvantages to to Evernote. Um, One of the big ones in I think this is really depends on the person is that. It can be an everything bucket. And so I, you have to give some thought to what you want to do with Evernote because I'm running into the problem where it's it's kind of gotten overgrown for me and I, I really need to do some, some clean out of it. And if you don't really have a purpose and if you don't know what you want to use it for, you'll kind of end up using it for everything and maybe not have a great plan. And that can be a problem. Yeah. Um, and it, it then it can be unwieldy. So it that's getting to be a problem for me. And, you know, for example, I'm not necessarily saying you're right, but one of the things that I did <laughs> for I'm years. Sorry. Yeah. I, I just love the delivery. Yeah. I just love it. I'm going to rewind that and listen to it over and over again. One of the things that I did for years <laughs> is I've always kept my statements, you know, my cable bill, my utility bill, whatever, all of these things yeah. I kept in Evernote. And that worked I like that. It worked well. And it it came in particularly handy uh, when I was buying my house. Because, you know, if you've ever had to apply for a mortgage or refinance or do any of these things, I mean, like on a whim's notice, you've got to be able to find this document and send it to somebody and put all of this stuff together. And it was great for me because all of these documents were in Evernote. I had access to them all the time. But by contrast, David, you keep all of these things in Dropbox is my understanding. Yeah, just in this nested set of folders, except yeah. for some of them that I don't want on the internet. And those are locally stored, but generally right. Dropbox, yeah. And and I'm wondering, you know, I'm just, with everything I've got going on right now, I'm too busy to completely revamp my system. But I'm wondering if I make a clean break in 2017 and, and I t- start taking that stuff out of Evernote and putting it in files and folders. Um that wouldn't be that hard to do because of the way that I've been naming everything. It would be pretty easy for me to take a dump from my statements folder in Evernote and and have Hazel re- uh, move some things for me and put those where they need to go into a corresponding, um, you know, set of nested folders. Yeah, it wouldn't be that hard. No, it it's wouldn't be that hard. It's just not something I want to do right now. Looking at the feedback and the tweets from listeners, it's like, there's a lot of people who say, I tried a lot of them. I eventually just stuck with Evernote and that's the one, but nobody seems like excited about Evernote. Yeah. Um, and the, the pricing structure has gotten a little confusing. Um, I, I, things are, are getting a little tighter for Evernote right now. They've, they've gone through some pretty serious management changes. They've, they've gone through some big layoffs. Um, I think there was a while where I, I think the VC may be drying up a little bit. I think they're not quite sure what they want to be for a while. And, and they were a little too scattered and they're trying now to refocus. And I really hope that they can. Um, they've changed their pricing structure a little bit. The The basic plan is is pretty basic. Um, you, you get the basic functionality. You get a limited, I think it's 60 megabytes of uploads per month. You get access to the clipper um, and you can sync things and do some basic sharing. But that's it. I mean, if you want any of the the features that really make Evernote a joy, 
that's going to cost you either $25 or $50 a year. You can upgrade to a plus plan, which is going to work for most people. And that gives you, you know, a gigabyte of uploads and the ability to save emails. But it also gives you um, offline access to your notes. So if you ever want to be able to access something from a plane um, or where you have poor reception, you can do that. And it gives you a passcode lock on mobile, which personally I think is something they just need to throw in for everybody. Well, we, we've talked about this on the show before, but one of the ways we track the emails that, that come in for the live show right. is we have a shared Evernote box and we just forward it to that box. And that way it's a real easy way. We tried a bunch of different solutions and this one seems to work the best. But at this point, that is my sole use of Evernote. I mean, I don't have anything in there except that shared box. It's like your tin notes and Apple notes. Right. And uh, the problem was, uh, you know, my subscription ran out and I stopped paying because I'm like, I'm just not using enough to justify it. And then I couldn't do the email thing anymore. Yeah. So I had to give them some money so I can keep doing that. Right. And, uh, yeah. And then what most people really want, of course, they put their their Hallmark features in the premium plan, um, which gives you the ability to search inside, your, not inside the text of your notes, but inside the content of your notes. So if you've got... PDFs in your notes, if you've got office documents, if you've got attachments in your notes, um, then the premium lets you search inside the content of your notes. It lets you annotate PDFs. Um, it lets you scan business cards, which is what we talked about previously on the contact show. Um, business card scanning is really, really good in Evernote. I like that a lot. Um, so it's really those two features, business card scanning and the search, that really bumps me from plus to premium, but it's 50 bucks a year. Yeah, and not cheap. What are your concerns about the future of Evernote? There's all these like kind of rumors floating around that Evernote's having trouble. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I've, I've met with the people at Evernote and I asked them, you know, I said, you know, the one feature that I'd really like is I'd like the ability to, to export all of my notes as PDFs, not as your standard format. I think that'd be pretty easy to do because you can export an individual note as PDF, but you can't like say, take everything and give it to me as a PDF. Yeah. Um, uh, feature request if anybody from Evernote is listening. But um, am, am I concerned about the future of Evernote? I, I would say at this point, concerned is too strong of a word. Am I keeping an eye on things? Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like, here, here's an example. I, I use Evernote to store, um, you know, all of my tax receipts, you know, because we've got the podcasts and some stuff with my day job, I, I hang on to those things for write-offs. And I know a lot of people, small business owners do that. And um, I get those things into Evernote in a variety of different ways. Sometimes they're PDFs. A lot of times they're PDFs, but sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're email receipts that I forwarded into Evernote um, yeah. or, or whatnot. And what I'd love to do is I'd love to take that entire folder. Now my CPA is never going to use Evernote, but forward the contents of all of those folders to my CPA just as a group of PDFs. But there's no way for me to just mass export everything in that Evernote notebook as a as a PDF. Yeah, that would be nice. Well, I um, we can't talk about Evernote without mentioning Brett Kelly's Evernote Essentials book. If Absolutely. you're out there and you want to get better at it, you should check that out. But the um, I'll tell you, I am just not excited about Evernote, and I, I'm never have been that much to tell you the truth. But the uh, but last year when I really gave it the uh, you know the the effort to make it for my notes app, the, the biggest problem I had was it's just not very good at, you know, writing notes and tracking notes, which is the main thing I use this stuff for. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll see. I, I think it's gonna be an interesting story over the next year or two, if they're going to kind of like pivot or, 
but they're going to like try and do more of what they're doing. I, I just don't know what's going to happen with Evernote. Uh, but there is another player on the Mac and that's our friends over at Microsoft. Yeah. OneNote. OneNote is something that really wasn't on our radar a while ago. And we just had a bunch of listeners write in and say, you've got to start looking at OneNote. You've got to start looking at OneNote. So we did. Yeah. I spent the last week with it. The, um, uh, and I have a history with OneNote. At one point, um, you know, I had um, a one of the original uh, Microsoft-based tablet computers. I, you know, I've been wanting tablets for a long time. So I heard, you know, Microsoft's doing this tablet thing. I wanted to try it. So I had a, I think it was a Gateway. Remember Gateway? Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, it was like, They're the ones maybe with the cows, you don't. right? Yeah, the cows, exactly. Okay. But it was like, it was like two inches thick and it had a fan in it and it, had, it was just, it was pretty bad, but, um, and the, you know, the, they got so much wrong when Microsoft first started to do tablets. I mean, they had, they had a, like a, um, a stylus with it because they didn't change any of the touch targets. You couldn't use your finger to push anything because everything was so small, but there was one shining thing about the original Microsoft tablets that I thought was really well done. And it was this new application for tablets called OneNote. And, um, and it's really well done. Uh, we've heard, heard a lot from listeners in the last month or two since Circus Pony's, you know, notebook kind of wrapped things up and, you know, shut their doors. There's a lot of listeners that were using it and saying, I don't know what to do. And I would say that if you like Circus Pony's notebook, I think Microsoft OneNote is something you should take a real serious look at because it's it's got the same idea, you know. Um, I call it Microsoftian UI. You know, it looks like Microsoft Office. You know, it's got the same kind of uh, color schemes and the same sorts of user interface elements. And I guess that makes sense because it's really a component of Microsoft Office. Um, but just like Apple Notes, it's got the ability to add bullets and checklists and styles. And, and it goes like really much, much deeper than Apple Notes does. Like I could set default fonts in this like I can't on Apple Notes. You can even change the the type of paper that's behind it, you know, so they've got different, if I want grid paper or white paper or whatever, they've got all that stuff covered. Um, uh, in general, uh, there's a lot about this that is more of an old fashioned notebook, uh, than these other Evernote and Apple notes are, um, you know, in fact, even just the organizational method is very similar. Um, it's got notebooks, so you can have individual notebooks and inside notebooks, you can have individual sections and in individual sections, you could have pages. So if you were taking a class, for instance, you could have, you know, a notebook for the class and then a section for each chapter and a page for each lesson. Um, and so it gives you a lot more granularity with the organization of the notebook. And it feels just like, you know, your old, your old notebook, you know. Did you guys have notebooks? You're a little younger than I am. Did you? No, have we like had notebooks. Yes. Big binders. Yeah, we had also had trapper keepers. You had trapper keepers. Had they still were making them back then. Trapper Good. keepers, yes. Yeah. Maybe you could I was get in unicorns the original... or um, yeah. How about peachy folders? Did you have peachy folders? You know what that? They is? were the very colorful ones. Oh, my day, they were just yellow, but you would color them in. But they had like a guy playing tennis and a guy playing football, and then... I didn't have it's... any of the sports ones. No. Yeah, they were only sports. Even though I was like a, you know, nerd band geek, I had to have sports. But anyway, um, so, so this is like a notebook and, um, and that gives you some interesting options. And I guess it depends if you need a notebook in your life. If you do, Microsoft OneNote is a pretty good solution. So I, I have not thrown 820 some notes at it. So I don't know uh, if this is the, um, 
end all be all. I, I can't, but we've heard from a lot of listeners that are using it extensively and are very happy with it. I also like the ability to, um, to support, you know, iPad. I mean, like, you know, it's crazy how bad the Google apps have become on the iPad pro. I mean, they just don't, they don't support the multi-pane. They finally just got the keyboard. Microsoft has been really kind of crushing it on the iPad and the OneNote version on iPad is really good and really solid. It works with the Apple pencil. It, it has no problem with palm, you know, recognition so I can lay my hand on it and write on it. Uh, I like the erase tool. It has an interesting behavior where you touch an item and it deletes the whole line instead of having to go and erase the whole thing like a, a traditional eraser. And it even has the ability to resize vector shapes. So like if I draw a shape, um, it will, I can resize it and it will do it on a vector basis. So it doesn't look all pixelated. And they even have a tool where if I draw a circle, it automatically turns it into a circle, like a clean circle or a triangle or a rectangle or whatever. So I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't have a lot of complaints. I had more complaints about Apple notes because I've been using it more. I'm sure if you gave me enough time with Microsoft OneNote, I could give you a list, <laughs> but um, like Evernote, um, writing text on it is not as easy as in, in Apple notes. In my experience, you can really just tap anywhere and start typing, but it, it doesn't feel quite as a clean of an experience. Like if I, I, I just had like having the long list of text in Apple notes where I can have different categories of things. Um, the organization, like I said, I think is definitely better. Um, and the sync has been really solid and very fast. So, so much so that when I was testing it, I would have notes I would be working at on my Mac and I would be having the same application open on my iPad pro. And I would see things showing up on the other device almost as fast as I was doing them. So if I would take, like I took a uh, pencil as writing diagrams and stuff in on the iPad pro. And it was showing up on the Mac version on, like I said, very quickly. And it's free. Yeah. Well, sort of, I mean, I think you need to have an office 365 subscription to get the full sexy out of it. Right. But the basic functionality is free. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Sync, sync works good. Security, it has password protected notes, so you can set a password. And collaboration, it's just killer. Um, the uh, it, it, It's not um, Google Docs level of collaboration, but it, it's trying to get there. It allows you to share it with multiple people and they can work on it at the same time. Um, it, I think probably it's the best solution for collaboration out of the, out of the ones we've discussed today. That be that said being, I'm not a, a huge Evernote user, but um, so maybe Evernote's got better, but in my experience, Evernote was great collaboration for like sharing, but not so much of having two people working in the same note at once. Is that still the case? Uh, I don't know that two people can work in the same note at once necessarily on Evernote. I've never tried that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can in one note. So, um, you know, Microsoft is bringing it. I, I, I still don't care that much for the the Microsoftian user interface. And um, I mean, I, it's getting better. And, and like on the iOS, I think it's a lot better. But I'm not a huge fan of that. But that's not a reason to turn this thing down if you're really looking for a notebook that has, you know, notebook section page type organization. And I really think of all three of these for everybody out there that's listening that is bemoaning the loss of Circus Pony's notebook. This may be the best of these this group uh, to solve your problem. 
And then lastly, you know, just uh, although we're not going to cover them at all in depth, just a brief mention, we did hear from Mac Power users, listeners out there with with other suggestions. Some of them we've talked about before, you know, some of them we haven't. Uh, a couple of people wrote in and, and talked to us about Google Keep, which yeah, is, it was more than a couple, frankly. Yeah, there was, there was we, a lot of people that said, hey, Google Keep needs to be on this list. Well, we're going to run at it. We don't have enough time. Or, or, or frankly, we would, but, you know, I think you need to be a Google, you know, user to really be into that. But there are a lot of Mac power users out there that love Google Keep. Yeah, honestly, I did not realize that this was still going on. Yeah. I heard about it when it when it first came out. Um, I, I always worry a little bit about Google's side projects because you never know what's going on with those. But it sounds like Google Keep's been around for a while. Yeah, I'm having a pretty bad experience right now with Google Voice. I think that the ship is sailing on that one. I'm I'm getting ready to jump overboard. Yeah. Um, Devon Think, obviously, we've talked about. We've had episodes about Devon Think. Um, that's really a power user tool, and it it's much more than just note taking. It's a it's a lot of organization and a lot of AI behind that. We had a great show with uh, Gabe Weatherhead on Devon Think. Yeah, and then we had a lot of people recommend their favorite iOS note taking apps, and I, we're going to cover that probably this year, but. Um, uh, we're going to have to wait until Katie gets her new iPad, which we're going to discuss in a minute. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and uh, Resolve Notes. I like somebody wrote in about Resolve Notes. S-R-E-S-O-P-H-N-O-T-E-S. I used it back in the day where I had to use a PC once in a while. And it's kind of like NVL for Windows, but like not nearly as good. But it, it is the best solution on Windows for if you're looking at a text-based note, you know, Dropbox uh, system. At the time, I used it, and it, it was pretty good for that. So we we talked about Windows software and Mac power users. There you go. All right. Uh, I want to talk about the Apple event, but just quickly, uh, what are some closing thoughts? I think closing thoughts are think about how you're going to use your notes. Give, give it, give your organization scheme some thought before you, you dig in. Think about what you want to get out of this um, and, and how in depth you want to go. Are, are you going to be Max Sparky and have 850 notes? Are you going to have, a couple of dozen notes or, you know, what are your goals and what do you want? Because I think a lot of that is going to, to drive your needs in the note field. Yeah. I think it's really nice that the, the four options we talked about have very different, um, the very different pluses, you know, like sharing and is really good with Microsoft and pretty good with Evernote and non-existent with Apple. Whereas kind of the native built-in experience is better with Apple. I mean, there is definite advantages and disadvantages between these. They aren't all about the same. Um, I'm very happy uh, right now with Apple notes. Like Katie says, maybe someday it'll break and I'll cry or maybe I'll get bored and move on to something else. But, but for now, for a long time, I used so for, so for many, many years, I used text-based and switching over to rich text. I'm kind of having fun with it right now. So we'll see how it goes over the next year. This episode of Mac Power Users is also brought to you by Automatic. So chances are your car hasn't really kept up with technology. And it's hard to do because every year a different model's coming out. It has new features. And we don't typically upgrade our cars like we do our iOS devices. Well, that's where Automatic comes in. It's a small adapter that turns any car into a connected car. You just plug Automatic into the same port that your mechanic uses to diagnose engine problems, and boom, it opens up a world of possibilities. Automatic lets you keep track of things like your fuel mileage, your vehicle help. You can even tag your trips so you can easily keep track of business expenses with just a tap on your phone or even your Apple Watch. And if you're driving down the road and you see that pesky little check engine light turn on and you wonder, 
what does this really mean? Is it something serious? Is it something I can go a few more miles on? Automatic will tell you before you go to the shop, so you don't have to worry about whether you're getting ripped off. Automatic can also integrate with your connected home devices. For example, I've got mine set to connect with my Nest thermostat. So it knows when I'm home, it knows when I leave. So you can set your Nest up to fire on shortly before you get home so you know that your house is all toasty and warm before you get home. And have you ever worried about losing your car in a parking lot? Well, Automatic can help you take care of those things too. One of my favorite things about Automatic is it can be a little bit of a coach to help you improve your driving skills. So for example, I must admit I have a little bit of a lead foot. Well, Automatic will let you know when you're accelerating too quickly or braking too quickly because those kinds of things can affect your gas mileage. And I've noticed that since I've installed my Automatic, I've become more aware of those things. And it's a little gentle reminder that helps you improve your driving habit. Automatic works with nearly every car made after 1996. It takes just minutes to install and it connects to your iPhone or Android device over Bluetooth. You'll get real-time performance data, intelligent coaching to help you maximize your fuel economy, the ability to access all of these connected services, including if this, then that, the ability to check your engine light and diagnose problems, and it even supports the Apple Watch and the Pebble. Best all, there are no monthly fees or subscriptions required. You buy the automatic once and you're done. You can even take it with you when you go to a new car. So normally automatic is $99.95, but if you use our special offer code MACPOWER or the link in the show notes, you'll save 20%. So head on over to automatic.com slash MACPOWER for more information and use our special offer code MACPOWER to save 20% off the normal purchase price. I've been very happy with mine. I think you'll like it too. Thank you to Automatic for your kind support of Mac Power users. So uh, are you buying anything after Apple's big event today? Have you spent any money? Or I guess last week? It was kind of fun. Uh, my wife sat down and said, okay, so how much did this Tim Cook speech cost to the Sparks family? <laughs> I said, actually, nothing. There's nothing I need uh, in here or I have any interest in. But yeah. she says, well, it's kind of funny because I want one of those new watch bands. So it is actually going to end up costing us something. Right. But but I thought maybe we'll just kind of take it from biggest to smallest. And and the one that I thought about you a lot was when they were talking about the new iPad Pro. Yeah. You know, I, I finally posted that big post about it, the writing was on the wall for me in the iPad Pro. I mean, honestly, the writing was on the wall before I even ordered the iPad Pro, I think. And um, we talked about it on uh, MPU Live a month or so ago about my thoughts on the iPad Pro. And I had all but packed it away at that point. Um, and pretty much decided that I was was going to. And in fact, I did return the iPad Pro and detailed out in my blog post some of the reasons why I did that. But I did learn some things with my time with the iPad Pro. And th there were a lot of positives that came out of my time with the iPad Pro. At the end of the day, the, the biggest negative for the iPad Pro to me is it was just too darn big. I, I yeah, just, the size. I just couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, I love my mini, you know, 7.9-inch mini, but there were a lot of pauses with the iPad Pro. I found that I really enjoyed split screen support, although I didn't use the Apple Pencil, I think, as much as you do. Um, I liked it, and I liked the ability to annotate things and to have it. Um, I think if you had one longer, that you would actually get more into the Pencil. Yeah, I, I agree. So for me personally, moving from the mini 7.9-inch size to the standard size iPad 9.7-inch size, that's a compromise for me. but. I think when you look at all of the advantages that come with the the new iPad Pro, um, particularly the better split screen support, because really, although the Mini 4 supports split screen, it's it's pretty hard to do 
things in split screen on that small of a screen. And when you look at the Apple Pencil support and when you look at some of the advantages of it, I'm not going to come anywhere near to using the speed. I mean, my mini is fine from a speed standpoint for the things that I do. Um, I think it's worth the compromise for me to go up to the bigger size. So I think I'm going to order one. And in fact, I'm pretty sure I'm going to order one. But I don't think I'm going to sell my mini just yet. We'll see. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the things you talked about is you like the mini because it fits in your purse, and and the nine point seven inch one will as well. Okay, it right. it will well, be bigger, but it will it will still fit. When I when I bought my new purse, I bought one that thinking that a nine point seven inch would fit into. Yeah, so I mean that makes sense. I mean, when you told me you were returning the big one, I thought, well, I bet you end up with the if they come out with the nine point seven pro. It, I, I think the pencil and the new features. Uh, I'm not so sold on the keyboard for that new pro. The no, 9.7 inch pro. I'm not either. No, it seems kind of. Sad, but you don't really like the keyboard that I like on the big one either. So, no, I'll use yeah. a Bluetooth keyboard. I I really I I get that it's it's more awkward even I just like when I was using it on the on the plane on the way back from Chicago I mean this is still a pretty big piece of glass to manage when you're sitting at a tray table. Um, all that being said, I just really really love the big screen. I love the way the text looks. I like you know the split screen with the with the big size pro. I guess now we have to qualify which pro it is. Is really great. Even just the two third, one third setup, like it's I don't know. It it's I'm really loving it. If this one got ran over by a truck and someone said, Okay, you can have either the nine point seven or the I don't know, what is the size on this big one? Is it twelve inches? Twelve point nine? Yeah, or the twelve or the thirteen inch one, I, I would get the exact same one I have over again. I really like this big screen. So um but yeah, I'm glad that there's an option out there that may work for you still. Uh iPhone SE, what role do you think it serves? I I was happy and also a little disappointed with the iPhone SE. I I think what Apple definitely needed this. It needed to fill this this category. I loved the iPhone 5. It was my favorite form factor for the iPhone 5 and I think seeing, you know, the guts of an of an iPhone 6s in in the body of an iPhone 5 was wonderful. And I think Isn't that it, what most people wanted though. I mean, they yeah, just wanted but, to have, that. but here's the thing. It's, it's an iPhone six S that's coming out just before an iPhone seven. I mean, yeah. I, I realize there's always a bigger and better iPhone down the line, but um, I, I don't know that I could buy this iPhone. I, I think if, if this came out at the same time as the iPhone seven and was feature for feature parity with an iPhone seven and was just smaller, I think I would seriously look at it. Yeah, but it, I think for a lot of people, though, this is fine. And I was actually impressed. I, I didn't expect they'd go as far as they did. Like the camera seems to be very good in this thing. And right. I didn't think they were going to take the camera up that far. I don't think this is meant to be a year really cycle device. My oh, I guess agree. Is that it'll be out at least 18 months, but more likely two years. And then, you know, two years from now, when we're looking at when we everybody has iPhone 7S's, they'll come out with the next SE phone. Yeah, I think they'll they'll get back on the the cycle of upgrading this when the iPhone eight comes out. I think that they'll be an every other year upgrade cycle. Uh, although I'm disappointed for, for for me personally that that this iPhone isn't necessarily what I need. I think it is the iPhone that Apple needed. So I'm I'm happy from that perspective. You know, it's three ninety nine US off contract. It's it's free with a two year contract. Apple needed to fill that slot for a free phone. It's a good free phone. It's a really good free phone. Yeah. Um, I think this is a great phone to buy your kids. 
to buy uh, your non-tech savvy people in your family. I mean, this is, they're getting a great phone that will be a great phone for two years that they can buy on contract for for two years or that you can buy for $400 and, um, you know, keep for two years to kind of recoup some of that investment. So the people who wanted an iPhone 7 or, you know, feature parity with a smaller phone, they didn't get it. This isn't a phone for people who have already upgraded to an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 6S. And Apple is not targeting to those people. Yeah, exactly. I, I Now, do you find now, because I know you didn't like the size of the iPhone 6. Do you still find it's too big for you? Or are you used I, to I've, it now? I've learned to live with it. Would I like it if it were a little smaller? Yeah, probably. I mean, what it... Well, I guess my question is, does it still bug you that it's big? Sometimes. Okay. Uh, um, I don't like the fact that... I've, I haven't decided what bothers me more. The fact that it's big or the fact that I, I have to use a case with it. Um, because this is the first iPhone in years that I've used a case with. And it's just, it's too darn slippery. Now, keep in mind, I have the 6 and not the 6S. And I understand the 6S is a little less slippery than the 6. Yeah. Um, the 6 was just way too slippery for me to use without a case. So it adds a little, not mulch, but it adds a little bulk. So now I've got a little additional bulk on top of my, you know, just being bigger. You know, the the 6 was, is although it's, you know, it's kind of like a 5 that was flattened. So it's, it's, it's thinner, but it's overall bigger than a five. So, you know, it kind of makes up for it. If I'm going to slip it in my pocket, you know, it's, yes, it's bigger, but it's also thinner. From design perspective, what is your favorite iPhone? You know, of all the ones we've had. The five. The five? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's not, I, I don't know. I like the, um, I like the four. I like the glass on both sides. I know it was like, there's a ton of problems with it, but I thought from a design perspective, I thought it was a very pretty phone. I also like the one, you know, the very first one was cool. And I like the six, but I, I'm not a big fan of the five or the three G. But anyway, um, well, I, I think that you're right. They needed to make uh, a smaller phone and now they have. So uh, I'm, I hope everybody that gets it likes it. The um, the iOS 9.3 thing, I started using it in the beta and um, the night shift thing really works. Uh, so if you're home and you haven't tried it, set it up. It's in the general, I think, display preferences tab of your iOS device. And the way that works is as you get deeper into the night, it turns down the blue light. So it's not quite as cool. The light gets warmer in the device. And science says that that makes it easier for you to go to sleep. I guess the blue light activates things that makes it harder to go to sleep. I can tell you that um, the first couple of times I tried it, I thought it wasn't even really working and not that important. And then when I would turn it off, it would look like my screen just went nuclear on me. So <laughs> it actually does work. Uh, you should try it. Have you have you tried it, Katie? I, I've turned it on, but I've only had one night with it. So it's hard to okay. tell for sure. Yeah, it's worth it's worth setting up. And then I don't know why they put it in Control Center. You know, you just swipe up from the bottom. It seems like something that of all the things you put in Control Center, I can think of a lot of other things I'd rather put there. Because you don't, I mean, once you set it, you don't really think about it anymore. Um, but there you have it. Um, a watch bands, like I said, my wife wants one of them. I was a little disappointed. I was hoping for a true like NATO style watch band. I bought one on Amazon a couple of months ago. In fact, I was wearing it around in Chicago and everybody thought I got it from Apple. It made me feel like a rock star, even though they were all wrong. Yeah, that was pretty popular. I'm not getting any of the new watch bands. Yeah. Um, I will tell you though, had the, had the, the gray, the black Melanese loop been out. Yeah. At the time that I bought the watch initially, it may have changed my decision of which watch I bought, but it wasn't, so it didn't. So it's fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, there we go. Uh, 
thoughts on the Apple event. Uh, thank you to our sponsors for today. That's our friends over at Making Light, Backblaze, Omni, and Automatic. All right, gang. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you again next time.